With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast. As always, up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly here. Welcome you back to the show this week for the final show, post-race show, that is, of the uh, 2019 season. The year's done, it's dusted, it's packed up and put away, and it really feels like it went really, really quick, doesn't it? Or perhaps that's just a reflection of my own life, which seems like it's constantly on ludicrous speed, always racing, no pun intended, from one uh, thing to the next. However, don't be too upset. Don't be too disappointed. It is only something like 100 days, give or take, until the very first race of the 2020 Formula One World Championship at uh, the Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne. And I have a suspicion that it's going to come a lot quicker than, than we're all really prepared for. But... I don't want it to come too soon. As much as I'm going to miss it, it would be nice if the pace of things just show, slowed down a little bit. But before you know it, uh, it will be Christmas, then New Year's, and then before you know it, it will also be a time for winter uh, testing. So the uh, the off season will go very quickly, but let's just get right into it and talk about just, uh, well, there's quite a few things uh, going on uh, about uh, going around in Formula 1 this week. Uh, as you might expect, there's uh, plenty of things uh, going on as we sort of put a bow on the season and just uh, finally uh, deal with all the last uh, few bits and pieces and things that need to be taken care of. But let's just break down and just review the the final uh, standings in the uh, Drivers' Championship. Uh, Lewis Hamilton sealed it uh, several races ago, and uh, there's only, uh, well, I mean, there's no change, change on the top. That was, uh, like I say, it was done and decided a long time ago. Anyways, Lewis finished the season with 413 points almost 100 points clear of his teammate just absolutely amazing uh, Valtteri Bottas who had uh, 326 Max Verstappen in uh, the Red Bull 278 points Charles Leclerc 264 Sebastian Vettel in his worst season at uh, Ferrari since uh, he went there a number of years ago 240 points Carlos Sainz was 6 Pierre Gasly 7th Alex Albon 8th Danny Ricciardo 9th Sergio Perez rounding out the top 10 and then from there on down we had Lando Norris Kimi Raikkonen Danny Kvyat Nico Hulkenberg Lance Stroll Kevin Magnussen Antonio Giovinazzi Roman Grosjean Robert Kubica who had a single point uh, this year in uh, well he scored the only point uh, for himself and also for his team Williams and then uh, 20th in the world championship was rookie George Russell in the second Williams who didn't score a single championship point the entire year I think the closest he got to the the, the points was a uh, was an 11th place or thereabouts anyways on the constructor side uh, was Mercedes who won that and tidied up uh, a number of races ago and uh, they finished the year with 730 points sorry 739 points 
points. So many points, we can barely keep track of them here. 739 for the Silver Arrows, 504 for uh, Ferrari. Red Bull rounding out the top three with 417. McLaren fourth. Very impressive for McLaren. I think we got to give them a lot of props. 145 points, which is almost 50 points clear of uh, the Renault Works team who rounded out the top five. They uh, had uh, 91 points on the season. Scuderia Toro Rosso Honda, 85 points. Racing points, or what's the point as I like to call them? 73 points. Alfa Romeo, Haas, and then Williams, who, like I just said, ended up with a single point on the year. <laughs> they were 27 points behind Haas, who were ninth in the world championship uh, just uh, another horrible horrible year for uh, Williams and let's uh, let's hope that they can get uh, a little bit closer back to respectability next year and maybe uh, they can take a, a page out of the uh, the McLaren revival and uh, obviously revive their own fortunes in uh, 2020 anyway so let's just uh, quickly review the uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix it has been the site uh, of uh, some championship uh, deciders over the year over the years uh, most notably in uh, 2016 was the last time and well there was nothing really to decide this uh, this uh, this week. I always had a feeling like it was going to be like watching preseason football, where it's, uh, you know you're excited to see your team get out on the field there, or maybe I guess more accurately be like when uh, you know the, the your team has been officially eliminated from the playoffs. They're still out there. You want them to win that game, but it doesn't really have anything more to do than uh, than just have a little bit of pride. But still, it was fun to watch. It was uh, very impressive what uh, what Lewis Hamilton uh, did in Abu Dhabi. Uh, he came home uh, first, 16.7 seconds ahead of Max Verstappen with the uh, funny throttle that he had in, uh, in, the, in, in the Red Bull Honda, which gave him some problems. Charles Leclerc, who was um, dealing with a, a fuel discrepancy, we're going to talk about that. He came in third, and I, li- I like the way that they handled it. Uh, it was something that, uh, that wasn't Charles' fault, it was the team's fault. They find the team 50,000 euros. Charles keeps his uh, podium, which I, I thought was the, the correct way to do it. Valtteri Bottas ended up fourth. Valtteri was on the front row after uh, qualifying, but then uh, incurred all the, uh, the the penalties for an engine change and started the race at the back of the grid. I think if the uh, the DRS wasn't disabled by that uh, server glitch that they had, and uh, when, when did the DRS get activated? Something about like lap 15, 18, 20, something like that. Almost, uh, it was roughly a third of the way into the Grand Prix, and uh, you have to wonder if uh, Valtteri Bottas had DRS available for the entire 55 laps around uh, the Yasmarina circuit, whether or not he might have been able to claw his way onto the podium. Even if he had another couple of laps, he might have uh, been able to overtake uh, Charles Leclerc because he was only just a, a second or so uh, behind him by the time we got down to the final lap. So uh, very good for him. Sebastian Vettel, fifth. Alex Albon, sixth. Sergio Perez, seventh. Lando Norris, Danny Kvyat, and uh, Carlos Sainz in the second uh, McLaren, actually in the first McLaren, uh, sorry, second McLaren, rounded out the, the top 10. Then we had a pair of uh, Renaults, starting with uh, Danny Ricardo, Nico Hulkenberg, then Kimi Raikkonen, Kevin Magnussen, Roman Grosjean, Antonio Giovinazzi, George Russell, Pierre Gasly, and uh, Robert Kubica. And then the, the only car that was not classified was uh, Lance Stroll, who uh, retired uh, after uh, 45 laps. So there you have it. I Again, not really uh, too much uh, to, to talk about. Uh, it was a, a fairly 
quiet race and my, my weekend last week was so busy I didn't actually sit down to watch this one till about Monday night uh, by the time it was all said and done usually I'm all over Formula One uh, on uh, on race weekends but again that might have been uh, me sort of subconsciously <laughs> getting away from the uh, the urgency to sit down because like I say it was uh, more of a, 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 a pre-season or out of the playoffs kind of a scenario so Perhaps in the back of my mind, I didn't have a lot of urgency to to go and sit down and uh, and watch this one. Anyway, so the, the, let's let's dive into the news now, and this is uh, one that a topic that uh, that we talked about uh, a little bit uh, before, and it really seems to have uh, picked up uh, some speed over the past couple of days, and uh, well, past several days actually, and that's the possibility about Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari in twenty twenty one. And I, you know, I, I just can't see it happening. I would be very, very surprised if uh, if Lewis would do it. I mean, he's uh, 34 years old now. Uh, if you look at uh, Kimi Raikkonen, who will be uh, 40 next year. I mean, he's got one more year on his uh, contract at Alfa Romeo for 2020. And then that's it. The Iceman's going to hang up his driving gloves and helmet and then call it a career. So, I mean, just based on that, I mean, uh, Lewis Hamilton, I mean, he's got at least got five or six uh, years left in him. I mean... Well, I guess the the big question is how much longer does Lewis Hamilton want to stay racing? And obviously, I think he he's he's earned the the the, the right to walk away from Formula One when he's damn well ready to do so. I mean, uh, the the guy has had a uh, a phenomenal career. I mean, just. Uh, impressive in every sense of the word i mean he owns so many records in formula one and he's starting to chase down the last ones that uh that that don't have his name on it and you had just uh like i say almost each and every week if uh, if lewis is given a good car by mercedes and uh, he's got one more year uh, left with them until his contract uh, expires at the end of 2020 you just have to think that the the combination of lewis hamilton plus mercedes equals race victories and uh and, and race victories when you get enough of them of course and this is obvious to say that uh, that race wins equal championships and i have no doubt that uh, that uh, mercedes are going to design another outstanding car next year i mean they just have to be i'm or, or they're just going to have to it uh, to me until proven wrong or proven otherwise, that the Mercedes just keep getting it right year in, year out. I mean, what they have done since 2014, since we went into this V6 turbo hybrid era in Formula One, is absolutely astounding. It is absolutely astonishing what they've done and what they continue to do. And I just, uh, like I say, unless I'm proven uh, wrong or they, they prove me otherwise, uh, or one of the other teams actually steps up and is able to come up with some winning formula and dethrone Mercedes. My default stance is that I expect each and every year that Mercedes are going to come out with the best car and everybody else is going to be chasing them. And it is a, a little bit ominous if you look at the way that they, they finished the season. I mean, they really didn't lift off the entire year, even after things were all said and done and sorted out, that uh, that they were still going for it. And, uh, and Lewis uh, really, I think, uh, underlined and put a stamp on things at uh, Abu Dhabi la- last weekend. I mean, if you look uh, at the uh, the stats f- for the entire year, Lewis uh, had five poles on the year. Charles Leclerc had seven, which was uh, a couple more. Uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, in the second 
Mercedes. He had five uh, pole positions. Uh, Verstappen had three and Vettel had two. So, you know, it was spread out quite a bit. I mean, uh, Charles, again, this is a guy that's had uh, a phenomenal rookie season at Ferrari and just uh, an, an astonishing uh, career that he's had in, in Formula One today. When I say rookie, he's a Ferrari rookie. Of course, he's um, been in Formula One year for, uh, for two years now. But even last year, his first year in Formula One, when he was a, a real rookie, if you want to call him that, at uh, at uh, Sauber Alfa Romeo Racing, was, was astonishing as well. I mean, that C37 car was just... Well, I mean, it was all right. It was a, a middle of the pack kind of car, but Charles did some uh, some very impressive things with it. I mean, he really showed his quality almost right from the from from the get go. And uh, I, I mean, it, it seems sort of a logical move for, for a lot of us uh, outside the uh, or maybe outside of Marinello, uh, the the inside at uh, the the Church of Ferrari from the big uh, from, uh, from the headquarters there. But he just. Uh, just looked like a guy that uh, that had has what it takes let's put it that way because he was so much better than his teammate Marcus Erickson I mean I don't think too many people are going to draw the comparisons but, uh, between the two and uh, no disrespect to uh, Marcus Erickson but Charles Leclerc is uh, one of these uh, hot young drivers very much uh, like Max Verstappen who on on the uh, the outside looks like he's got all the attributes and all the skills and talents to be a Formula One world champion. I mean, just uh, much much like uh, Max Verstappen, uh, he just needs a car to to help him get it done. And and Max uh, continues, I think, to I wouldn't say defy logic, maybe defy expectations to a certain degree because Red Bull have been uh, have been good, but um, it's not quite as good as a Mercedes and the Ferrari isn't as well. I mean, if you look at the entire uh, season, you had uh, Mercedes winning, sorry, 15 out of 21 uh, races, Hamilton at 11 wins, which how do you count them all? I mean, you know, you can't even, you got to start going from fingers to toes to count all the Hamilton's wins this year. Uh, Bottas had four, Verstappen had three, Leclerc had two, and uh, Sebastian Vettel had one win, and that was uh, back in Singapore uh, in the, uh, back in the summer, beginning of September, whenever it was. And just based on things, that's what we've come to expect over the years. I, I think that uh, th- this year, uh, Mercedes uh, winning more races because uh, Ferrari wasn't able to step up and challenge them, and uh, and and Red Bull and Honda slowly worked their way into it, and I think that uh, they had a very good first uh, year together. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what do you say about uh, all these different uh, guys? But just going back to to Lewis Hamilton, like I say, when he decides to finally hang up his helmet, walk away from uh, from Formula One, he can do it on his own uh, own terms. But when it when it comes down to it, could you really see Lewis going to Ferrari? I certainly can, but I'm leaving that door open because Ferrari is Ferrari. I mean, the the, the combination of Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes is a, a proven formula for, for race wins and championships and all of that good stuff. But Ferrari is the most iconic mark in the entire world in, in, in motor racing. And who knows whether or not the temptation, the the, the lure of Ferrari will be too much uh, for Lewis Hamilton and uh, whether or not he'll be able to resist and uh, whether or not that might affect anything he wants to do with uh, Mercedes in the future. He said he's already want to be an ambassador and stuff like that. I mean, Ferrari and Mercedes are big rivals in uh, Formula One and in, in racing and they have been for for decades. So I, I don't know. It is, uh, it is certainly a fascinating uh, situation 
situation. I mean, uh, things have been uh, happening a little bit uh, behind uh, closed doors. Uh, Lewis himself has uh, kept that, that door open, and uh, he's uh, said he's open uh, to keeping his uh, or he's his, he's keeping his options open. That's uh, the exact phrase that uh, that he's used, and that would really be the only logical place that uh, he could go i mean uh, ferrari theoretically have the uh, the, the capabilities to to build uh, a car worthy of a six-time world champion like uh, lewis hamilton and uh, they also have the uh, the, the financial um, power resources uh, to, uh, to to pay lewis hamilton uh, a contract worthy of a guy with uh, with, with his record and uh, with his uh, resume and in, in, in Formula One, so I mean, from that point of view, it, it makes sense. But at the end of the day, when uh, when when it comes to it, does Lewis really want to take that uh, that challenge on at this point, this stage in his career? Does it, does he want to hunt down all those uh, records and then uh, leave it at that and then uh, then retire? Does he want to do it somewhere else or or? It, it remains to be seen. I mean, it is a. It, it really is going to be a situation that we're going to watch, uh, of course, and uh, we'll we'll have to see how it uh, how it goes. I mean, Hamilton, uh, he was uh, being a little bit uh, cheeky. Said uh, earlier this week that he's grateful for Ferrari boss uh, Matteo Bonato's compliments uh, about his ability, and uh, he said uh, that it's uh, the the first compliment in, uh, in in thirteen years, and he said that it's uh, all talk. So if he's uh, had any contact uh, with uh, Ferrari and apparently he's met a couple of times with uh, Fiat Chrysler chairman uh, uh, John Elkman and uh, so who, who knows uh, if, if he uh, you know if it were, were to happen but at least on the outside at least on the outside he's playing it really really cool anyways before we continue on about Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari and all that stuff I want to talk again quickly about our good friends at Vivid Seats Christmas is literally right around the corner and if you're looking for the perfect gift for the sports fan in your life why not take it to their favorite team it's uh it's an easy thing to do and it's a perfect gift like i say and the best way to do that is uh by going to our good friends at vivid seats they are a top source for tickets and the events that you want to go to you can sort by price or look for the seats in the section row of your choice and you can do all of that in the vivid seats app to make things even better they now have a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back on all their purchases and that is vivid seats rewards so go to the app store google play and download the vivid seats app Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seeds Rewards Loyalty Program. And get this, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From all the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seeds has it all. So download the app and join the Vivid Seeds Rewards Loyalty Program today. So again, when you go and download the app, you make your first purchase, do yourself a, a favor and enter the pro- promo code OVERTIME at checkout. And first-time purchasers can save up to $100 discount on their very first purchase purchase so that's really cool anyways let's get back to formula one let's talk a little bit more about uh, ferrari and the, the, the whole possibility of uh, of lewis hamilton uh, going there and uh, well there's there's not only just a talk about uh, lewis going to to ferrari but uh, there, there's some been some speculation about uh, his boss at uh, mercedes total wolf uh, about what his future is going to be and lewis was saying that uh, in part that's going to be uh, one of the things that he's going to look to on uh, or it's going to play a, a part in his decision as, as to whether or not he stays with Mercedes he goes somewhere else and that, that's whether or not uh, Toto stays on or if he uh, decides that he wants a, a different challenge so Toto he's been there since uh, 2013 and he's been uh, the, he's been CEO and team principal and has 
guided the team to unparalleled, unprecedented success in Formula One with six consecutive uh, title doubles uh, for both the constructors and uh, <laughs> drivers' world championships. Absolutely. Uh, uh, mind-blowing let's just put it that way anyways uh wolf has been uh, linked uh, earlier this year with uh maybe uh, moving over to the uh the governance uh, side of thing going to work for formula one and uh but he was saying after the season finale in uh, in in abu dhabi that uh, he would uh, like to remain with the mercedes and uh, he said quote there's so many factors that one needs to consider in your career what actually makes you happy and what gets you out of bed even on difficult days and for me after eight years with the team it is still the relationships within the team that give me a lot of strength and at the moment i cannot imagine any better place so whether or not uh, that means that he's going to stay uh with uh with a mercedes going to go somewhere else then uh, that that remains to be seen but again like uh just talking about lewis um, going to ferrari or anyone else it um, it would be a surprise i could see him maybe walking away and doing something uh, completely different uh, but uh, I, I would expect uh, I would expect to see him stay with uh, Mercedes uh, for a while yet. But one guy that would be ready to welcome Lewis Hamilton uh, to Ferrari with open arms is uh, Charles Leclerc. And, uh, well, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, uh, Lewis uh, being the driver that he is, and if you're Charles Leclerc, a future potential world champion, I think that uh, you might, I think there would be a lot of positives, a lot of things that uh, that he could learn from Lewis uh, and, and, and just being around him uh, were he to, to join the team. I mean, let, let's not uh, assume that Sebastian Vettel has been, uh, been uh, shown the door, Will be next year i mean it, it seems entirely logical that uh, that will uh, happen uh but uh, what uh, charles had to say was quote well of course at the end we are all in formula one and we all want to fight against uh, the best i've had a big opportunity this uh, year to have seb next to me who's a four-time world champion i've learned a lot from him you could always learn from this time of champion, so yeah, of course. Sounds a little bit uh, understated, but I mean, uh, racing alongside and being the same team as uh, Sebastian Vettel or uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, would be a, a phenomenal opportunity for a, a young guy uh, like uh, Charles uh, Leclerc. Anyways, uh, Sebastian Vettel, let's uh, talk about him now uh, a little bit, uh, and he's been uh, rather mocking towards a suggestion that uh, he's about to walk away from uh, Formula One now that the the season is uh, over. I mean, it's been obviously a very difficult uh, season uh, for him again uh, he was let down by the car a couple of times we had some situations where uh, Sebastian made some uh, mistakes on his own uh, yeah that there were his own faults but uh, anyways he finished uh, fifth at the last uh, race which uh, you know a little bit um, anticlimactic anyways uh, <laughs> he uh, he had to say to uh, some uh, reporters that uh, quote I heard uh, before that I'm stopping I don't know who was the the one but it seems they know more than me since I guess you journalists are always right it will probably uh it, it will hit me probably in the next weeks so i don't know i think uh, that that rumor is out there i mean i don't i don't think he's done with formula one yet i personally think that uh, that the window for sebastian's opportunity to win a um a world champion a championship i don't want to say it's it's closed but i think that window of opportunity's gotten a, a little bit uh, smaller last year i think was uh, the 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 best opportunity for him to to win the the, the world championship but uh, sadly in the second half of the year uh, it just all got away from them and he had issues uh, again he made some there were races where he made them uh, made some mistakes there were some uh, races uh, when the team let him down and uh, this year was 
it was kind of a continuation, but not really. It wasn't as bad as uh, some of the incidents we saw last year. But, you know, disappointing uh, for him. I mean, uh, just uh, not even two years ago, he was uh, level with uh, Lewis with four world championships. And it really seems like uh, 2018, 2019 has gone extremely quickly. And uh, Seb is still on four uh, world championships, which is, of course, is no uh, small achievement. I mean, uh, anybody that can win four world championships or even one I mean that's a, a fantastic achievement in and of itself but still it seems uh obviously Lewis seems like he's a different now a different class from uh, Sebastian Vettel now than he was uh at the the start of uh, 2018 but uh, it, it's going to be difficult and I mean a large part uh, depends on the car that uh, Ferrari is uh, able to um to develop for for him uh, and and for Charles in 2018, and of course uh, he he's not only going to be striding this or fighting straight up against uh, Sebastian Vettel, but I mean uh, we've seen at uh, at times this year how good uh, Valtteri Bottas can be, and he's got a fight uh, from his uh, from from his own teammate uh, Charles Leclerc. I mean that was the thing when Kimi Raikkonen was uh, in the team. Sebastian, uh, I mean, he was just uh, always going to be that little bit uh, quicker than than Kimi. Just uh, naturally, he was just uh, faster than two. But the, the the thing is now with uh, with Charles and the team. I mean, Charles is a, an extremely quick and very good uh, Formula One driver. Um, not only has uh, he prove, uh, proven himself uh, to win uh, or be able to win races this year, but I mean, being able to to out qualify Sebastian was at seven to one, seven to two, something like that. Uh, or or those that's at least the 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 number of pulls. I can't remember off the top of my head what the uh, what the what the the head to head battle was in qualifying, but it was uh, it was lopsided in favor of Charles. Let's just, let's just put it that way. So I mean, he's very quick, anyways. But over the course of the, of, a, of a single lap, he's extremely quick, and uh, so it, it's it's going to be difficult to, for Sebastian Vettel um, to win uh, another uh, world championship in in Formula One. I mean, I'm not uh, ruling it out. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just uh, thinking that uh, it's going to be a lot more work than, than uh, well, I, I'm sure he, he realizes uh, himself. And uh, it, uh, it it really depends on, uh, like I say, the car that Ferrari gives him for, for next year. And I really hope that uh, that they get it right, or, or Red Bull. I mean, as much uh, as it is impressive to see uh, Mercedes do all the things that they've uh, done over the past several years, it would be uh, a lot more, I think, I think it would be better for the sport if uh, Ferrari or Red Bull or both were able to close that uh, gap uh, for for Mercedes, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, they they deserve everything they get because the, the, all the hard work and all the investment they, they've uh, put into it, and I don't uh, begrudge them uh, for for that. But I think uh, even at the uh, in a situation where they're scrapping at it out more with uh, uh, Ferrari or Red Bull or anybody else that can get into that argument, uh, it would just be uh, I think it'd be a little bit uh, sweeter from a more <coughs> excuse me a little bit more neutral. Uh, perspective but uh, anyways that that remains to be seen but we we've talked now about uh, Lewis Hamilton and the possibility uh, that the, the rumor of him going to uh Ferrari in 2021 but this is more of what I I I would think is uh I wouldn't say uh more likely to happen but i think out of the two situations this next one might be a little bit more uh 
uh, possible. And this is uh, Mick Schumacher, who uh, believes that his second year in Formula 2 next year can be a head start for uh, Formula 1 in uh, 2021. Now, that would be interesting because uh, with Charles Leclerc, we saw this year, and Ferrari rarely uh, go with a, with a young uh, driver, even somebody as uh, talented as uh, Charles Leclerc. I mean, obviously, it worked out uh, for Charles, but that just hasn't been Ferrari's M.O., over the decades, uh, then they they rarely go with uh, with young drivers. So, would they b- be bold enough to uh, go with a, a lineup of uh, of uh, Charles Leclerc and Mick Schumacher in twenty twenty one? I mean, uh, Mick has uh, proved himself to be a, a very good race driver, but I mean, he's still young. He's still got a lot to learn, and uh, I mean, he's got the name behind him, and uh, he, he's got uh, some very good skills, and he's a, a very very good uh, racing driver. And of course, he's a Ferrari junior driver on top of it but uh, he really uh, believes uh, that, uh, that that he can uh, take that and uh, and go um, uh, and, and, and parlay his second year in Formula 2 uh, into uh, an F1 drive in 2021 and he told motorsport.com quote clearly if you get the opportunity in F1 you take it so if the opportunity hasn't been there so that's uh, pretty open and clear but the, then the next decision was to stay in F2. For me, it was uh, the most intelligent and most reliable decision I could take in the category I could drive in. F2 is going to have new tires next year. Those are the 18-inch ones, uh, which is going to be positive for me because that's what F1 is going to be uh, on in 2021. If we could manage to do the step, I would have a head start. Obviously, it's different, but I think in a junior category, it's going to help me get more experience. Maybe also put me in a different position for next year. So that's uh, certainly one to watch. Watch. Now, this is uh, this next uh, one uh, was a report that I came across uh, was uh, was quite interesting, and uh, Mercedes says that they won't go on what they call a fishing mission to lure F1 drivers, and this is a little bit uh, to do with uh, the the fact that uh, you know uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton has uh, spoken with uh, John Elkman at uh, Ferrari. Uh, he's out of contract next year. Valtteri Bottas is uh, out of contract next year, but. Would they, there be any lack of takers uh, to go to a Mercedes in 2021? I think not. I mean, again, uh, they are the best team. Uh, again, they much like uh, Ferrari, uh, they have uh, a lot of money that uh, that they have uh, behind them. So uh, they could literally go out and get anyone that uh, they wanted. I'm kind of interested too. The the, the one thing, uh, one guy I'm really looking at. I, I mean, we we talk about from time to time the the, the silly season in the drivers' market and uh, how especially like 2018 was pretty active uh, with guys signing contracts and and moving around stuff like that. But next year, you have a lot of guys in the top teams that are out of contract. And one guy I'm really watching is uh, is is Max Verstappen. Is he going to sign another contract with uh, Red Bull or? I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, one of the other uh, big teams, uh, Mercedes or Ferrari, make a, a move uh, for Max Verstappen. I mean, uh, Max uh, might realize that uh, that he, despite all the good things that uh, that Honda and Red Bull are doing together, that maybe uh, that they're just not going to be able to to make that big step and get him uh, that that world championship. I mean, Max has a lot of time in his career, obviously, to, to win a, uh, a world championship. But, I mean, uh, it might prove to be uh, too much uh, to resist if, uh, you know, there's a, a drive at uh, Ferrari or Mercedes. So so Max is a guy that I've really got my uh, my, my eye on for, for, for 2021 when that uh, contract of his uh, ends up uh, next year. But 
but uh, Wolf, uh, he did say that he was totally okay if Hamilton had uh, spoken uh, to Ferrari. And uh, and he said that uh, that it was important that any future talks that they have uh, are uh, addressed in a, in a transparent manner. But uh, I, I think it is interesting, though, that uh, that there's maybe been considering the the, the possibility or, or life uh, without uh, Lewis Hamilton at uh, at Mercedes. And uh, and uh, Toto had to say, "quote I think that the values within the team are that loyalty and integrity are absolutely number one on the list." Understanding Lewis's position and objectives will be key for any decision that we make. So we will not embark on a fishing mission with potential drivers out there before Lewis and us have this discussion. And that hasn't taken place because we wanted to wrap up the season and then we'll see how it goes. And because we're having a consensual relationship, we both sides need to be happy. So that that is interesting, I, and, I, and I think that uh, that they will have those uh, discussions. But um, I, I think that both sides have to keep their 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 options open, and uh, I, I think it's just uh, expected in sports and in life and in business. Changes happen, and people uh, move on to different things for different reasons. And uh, it uh, like like I say, it might be uh, huge if uh, if Lewis Hamilton was to to go somewhere else. But I don't think that they would uh, have any. Any lack of interested uh, drivers, but the, the the question is, I think that the, the big issue for them is uh, they would have to be um, they they wouldn't want to be caught out with uh, maybe not being able to put a top driver in their car uh, because uh, the, you know they just uh, lost out in the, in the timing of guys signing contracts uh, elsewhere. I, that that's what I think. I think that if uh, if Lewis is to, to move somewhere else, that uh, they would have to be uh, they'd have to be on the ball to make sure that uh, that, that they. They get uh, they get the guy that they need at the at the at the right moment, or else they could uh, be in trouble. Anyways, time for a quick break here on the Overtime Media Network, and we'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Now, looking ahead uh, to 2020, and uh, one thing that has uh, been on the mind of uh, four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel is that he must do better. He admits he must do uh, better next year if he's uh, to, uh, well, start succeeding again and start winning again in Formula One. And uh, he had to say, quote, we didn't have the year we were hoping for full stop. I think the reasons are clear, the lessons are clear, and now it's up to us to take them on board. I think as a team, we must perform stronger, and as an individual, I must do better and can do better. It wasn't a great year from my side, but I don't think it was as bad as it looks, because there were many small things probably leading to not a great picture at the end. But I am the first one to look at myself, and if I am honest, I know I can do better. That's for sure the target for next year, and hopefully we'll have a stronger package as well to fight with the Mercedes. 
And when he was asked uh, what he needs to do to, uh, to, to change, he said, quote, I don't think it's rocket science. It's always in the detail, small adjustments, nothing big and major. I don't need to drive differently. I know how to drive. We all work together trying to improve the car, trying to make it faster for both us. But yeah, you're always looking at yourself. I'm not doing the same stuff I did 10 years ago. I've evolved and I think for the better, but certainly here and there, there are things you can always feel you can do better. So uh, Sebastian Vettel, um, obviously taking that on board and owning the, that, uh, owning the fact that, uh, that he has to be a better racing driver. He has to be a better professional if uh, he, he's going to do and uh, reach the goals that, uh, that he has. And, and uh, as I was saying just uh, before the break there, that it's not going to be easy for him and uh, he's going to really have to dig deep, I think, uh, if he's uh, got a, uh, really hoping to win races in a championship in, uh, in 2020. Anyway, the, this next one is a, an interesting one. This comes uh, from uh, Mattia Bonato, the team principal at uh, Ferrari, who says Ferrari lost 2019 in, uh, back in 2018. And I think this is uh, an interesting uh, admission uh, from, from the boss. And uh, he says that uh, it's uh, because uh, they lost it last year when uh, designing the car. And uh, I, I think that uh, that is spot on. The, uh, the, the SF90 looked phenomenal in winter testing, but winter testing is testing. It uh, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. It's just a way to shake down the car and understand it, uh, see how it be- uh, behaves in uh, reality uh, on the racetrack rather than uh, on a drawing board or const- uh, computer screens uh, somewhere else. I mean, nobody uses drawing boards anymore. That's just a saying. Um, but anyways, uh, it, 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 uh, when it came down to it, when we got to uh, uh, Australia in March, it was uh, obvious that uh, it was not as good as it looked. And, and, and I think that they just uh, came to... I think they were able to get their car dialed in in, uh, in, in testing uh, quicker than anyone else. And uh, the other teams were able to close that, uh, that that gap even in testing itself. However, I was very surprised, I think as everybody else was, that uh, when it came down to it in Melbourne, that uh, they were as uh, far off the pace that they were. I mean, uh, we saw Valtteri Bottas and, uh, and Lewis Hamilton just disappear off uh, up the road. But the big surprise for me was that uh, they couldn't even really uh, hang with uh, Max Verstappen in the Red Bull. And then you had Sebastian Vettel and fourth and then uh, Charles Leclerc ordered uh, on the radio to, to hold station and uh, behind his teammate and uh, they, they came home fourth and fifth so it it, it just was that the, that trade-off uh, between the, the, the downforce and the straight line speed and all that it just didn't uh, work out for them I mean they were able to figure it out later in the season we did see them after the winter break uh, sorry the summer break uh, get better but of course uh, you know we have to put better with uh, you know in uh, inverted commas or with an asterisk uh, beside it because even though that they have said that they did nothing wrong uh, with the, with their engines, I mean there is going to be that uh, that speculation out there. I mean ever since uh, the FAA issued that uh, technical uh, directive about uh, fuel or oil burns and all these different things, uh, that uh, that Ferrari's uh, performance in those races um, after that uh, was uh, it was markedly uh, noticeable. And uh, I know that they said things it was uh, you know what they were doing with the uh, the aerodynamics and all these uh, different things. So what. Whatever. I mean, they're not going to come out uh, in, in public and obviously admit that they they were cheating. But still, it uh, it does give one uh, you know pause for thought to to to, to really wonder what uh, what led up to that big drop in uh, the in performance after they they looked like uh, they'd uh, completely. 
uh, figured everything out and uh, they won three races on the trot there right after the summer break and uh, they were looking uh, really really good there so who knows but uh, it, it was it was just a design flaw that uh, they were just not able to, to overcome I mean all cars and all teams do evolve over the uh, the entire year and uh, the, the the cars at the end of the year are much faster than when they started the year I mean they, they have the, the different upgrades that they they apply at uh, different times uh, throughout the year but but still I mean uh, you know Ferrari might have been uh, been getting better might be uh, might have been getting faster but so were all the other cars uh, around them and uh, they, they the, uh, the the advantages that they had when they had them of course there's there's a lot of speculation and uh, and question marks uh, around that anyways uh, just talking now uh, a little bit more about the, the the whole issue about uh, the, the fuel. So uh, Matteo Bonato said that uh, they uh, they had their cars ch- uh, fuel levels checked at least ten times uh, this season, and uh, that was in the uh, wake of the uh, the discrepancy uh, found in Charles Leclerc's car at uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And like I said off the top of the show, I thought uh, that it was uh, better to find uh, the uh, find the team fifty thousand euros rather than uh, Charles Leclerc and say hit him with uh, with a five second time penalty or whatever. It was because that wasn't really his fault. Now, the 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 problem was that there there was five sorry yeah just under five kilograms so just a little bit say about uh, 11, 12 pounds difference uh, and the amount of fuel that was uh, found in his uh, car. So this uh, prompted um, you know intrigue at the uh, the, the recent. Uh, well, you want to crack down, whatever you want to call it, on the uh, the engine things, shenanigans that uh, people were going on, and that uh, that uh, technical uh, directive issued uh, by the FIA. But uh, Matteo Bonato, he kind of played that off, uh, sort of not really saying that, uh, uh, or he he wanted to maybe put more light on the fact that uh, that they weren't under more scrutiny now because of these uh, technical directives that came out in recent weeks. But uh, apparently, they've had at least uh, ten uh, such uh, instances uh, throughout the entire year. So uh, prior to Abu Dhabi, there hadn't been a problem. And uh, this time uh, they uh, they got uh, uh, caught out. Anyways, like I say, uh, I mean, they were they were uh, uh you know breaking the rules i mean what they did was improper but uh like i was saying uh i, I think the way that uh, that it was handled with the, with the fine was uh, was much better than uh, anything else um anyways uh, it is kind of uh, funny now i mean uh, they ferrari themselves in the in the days since the race uh, have been uh, a little bit uh, skeptical and uh, they they now are uh, quite doubtful that uh, that anything had uh, actually uh, happened and uh, that uh, that there was this uh, you know five kilometer or sorry five kilogram uh, discrepancy in the, the the fuel in Charles's car, but I don't know. It uh, seems a, a little bit of like a conspiracy theory. Uh, if anything else, uh, it, I mean, it just uh, I just couldn't see it happening. I mean, if it was a, a much smaller amount of fuel, a, a much smaller. Uh, you know, like that amount that we're talking about, then, you know, that could obviously be open for question and, and somebody might think, well, okay, well, it's half a kilogram or a pound or something. That's not really a lot. But I mean, when it's up to, uh, you know, five kilos, like I say, that's like a, uh, approximately 12 pounds. I mean, that's that's substantial. That That's that's enough. Anyways, uh, they've sort of been questioning the, the, the whole, um, you know, outcome of that. And uh, so <laughs> who knows? I think that, uh, you know, uh, that, it was there. I mean, for for that amount of fuel, like I say, yeah, that that seems to be uh, too much. That it was a, an oversight or a mistake on the part of uh, the FIA. 
All right. Well, sort of sticking with this uh, for just a, a little, just a, a few moments uh, more. And uh, and Red Bull uh, have said that they have uh, faith in the FIA over the F1 uh, policing. And, and out of everyone, I think that they've been a little bit more vocal about it. I mean, uh, Max Verstappen uh, especially has uh, you know, flat out said that uh, he believed that uh, Ferrari were cheating. So I mean, uh, Max obviously not a guy to to uh, to mince words. I mean that that drew criticism from uh, you know uh, Vettel and uh, and and Leclerc and other people at Ferrari that says, oh, you know, Max doesn't know what he's talking about. We we haven't changed anything. He's not in the team. He doesn't know what we're doing. And uh, you know the, the the reason that we're having issues here is not down to the engine. It's down to the the, the car. And it's just just a you know, reemergence of uh, the issues, the problems that uh, we we've had, and uh, you know that the trade off in between uh, straight line speed and, uh, and and grip and downforce that we've had uh, all all season long. But uh, Christian Horner uh, told Motorsport.com they've definitely got quotes. Uh, they've definitely got done, doing everything they can to ensure the complexity of these engines is policed in every area, and I think they're making it more and more steps to ensure that the gray areas are made very clear. Of course, there's always an element because their resource is limited, but I think they're investing a lot of resource into ensuring that everyone's on a neutral playing field. So, yeah, you know, it, again, it is what it is, but I mean, uh, Ferrari, I think, was uh, always going to be uh, going to be the, the, the one that was uh, scrutinized more, uh, especially for the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the different uh, reasons why that they were, there were at least the questions that were there as to why they were all of a sudden so very quick. And then uh, in short order, again, after only a couple of races, they'd lost that, uh, that advantage. Anyways, just uh, following up now a, a little bit on, um, on, uh, on, the, on the Brazilian Grand Prix from uh, several weeks ago, and uh, Matteo Bonato Ferrari uh, team principal said that uh, they're not going to give any public answers on to how uh, Ferrari dealt with the, the crash of uh, Sebastian Vettel and, uh, and uh, Charles Leclerc at uh, the Brazilian Grand Prix, which ended in a double DNF uh, for the team and egg all over their faces. Uh, it was just not a good look for them. Uh, if you guys uh, don't recall, and I'm, I'm sure most of you <laughs> still remember, it was uh, uh, Charles and, uh, and uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, fighting for uh, position at uh, towards the end of the race. Uh, Charles overtook uh, Sebastian, then he tried to retake the position, and then when he uh, pulled back uh, to the left, uh, he uh, hit the, the the front right end plate of uh, Charles's uh, front wing, and then uh, that well, <laughs> it didn't go very good after that. Let's uh, just put it that way. Anyways, uh, Bonato said, quote, there are no answers here. It is something we discuss internally. They are both very good drivers. They know exactly what to do. It's unfortunate what happened. Um, is there one driver more to blame than the other? I think it's not important. Maybe at the time it could have been Seb. Maybe the next time it could be Charles. They are two drivers fighting and they can make mistakes. What's important is to know that the next time it's not happening again. There's not much to discuss. It's between us. Something we discussed at our factory and I'm happy to keep it uh, between us. So there you go. I, I think that's, uh, honestly, I think that's a, a really good way to, to to handle it. I mean, if they come out and, and, and finger Seb or finger uh, Charles or even if they um, apportion the blame 50-50, they're going to be uh, doing it in, in public and I don't think that's uh, you know the, the, the you know, a good way to do it, especially if they were going to put more weight on on Vettel and of course uh, you can make that uh, you know the, a strong argument that uh, that he really tried to slam the door on uh, Charles and just uh, was a way too uh, aggressive or just uh, messed up his timing and then uh, hit his front wing it, uh, it it just would have been it would have been a good thing to, to throw your number one driver in a four-time world champion
being under the bus out uh, in the public forum that would have led to um, in, in my opinion nothing but uh, you know hard feelings uh, you know behind closed uh, closed doors anyways uh, time for one more break here on the overtime media network and we're going to start uh, shutting it down and before we do that we're going to talk a little bit uh, about Fernando Alonso so don't go away we'll be back in just a moment All right, well, welcome back to the final show of uh, the season. I'm just kidding. I'm being a little bit uh, too dramatic. <laughs> it's the final, final post-race show of the season here at Scootery F1. We're still going to keep going for a couple of weeks yet uh, before the Christmas break. Anyways, uh, news out there this week that Fernando Alonso has said that uh, he is interested in coming back to, to Formula One in uh, 2021 if the right opportunity uh, pre- presents itself. And uh, he left um, uh, Formula One at the end of last year after four very tough years at uh, McLaren with uh, without a a win or a podium and uh, that was obviously the the dark days of uh, of Honda they they started to show a little bit of promise uh, towards the end uh, but the last couple of years Renault they've uh, gotten uh, a lot better of course uh, but uh, since uh, he left uh, Formula One, uh, he's turned his uh, attention to uh, to Le Mans. He's won there. He's um, interested uh, still to, to win uh, the Indy 500. That didn't work out uh, so good last year. His rookie appearance at the Brickyard went uh, a lot better in uh, in 2017. Um, now he's going to be doing the the Paris Dakar Rally in Jan- January 2020. So I mean, he's keeping keeping uh, busy and uh, he's uh, you know doing uh, different things. But uh, you know. It's a, it's a bit strange. Well, it's not a bit strange. I could see that uh, that he'd uh, want to uh, come back to Formula One. I mean, he obviously uh, sees that uh, that there's, there's still an appeal in, in doing it. And he did say that uh, a big part of it would be what the car is going to be like, uh, what uh, you know the 2021 uh, regulations are going to be right. But I just wonder what that might, that that opportunity might be. I mean, age wise, I believe he turns 39 this year. So I mean, we'd be looking at a guy that's pushing almost four. 40, but you know, in this day and age, I don't think that uh, that that number forty really means as much as it uh, that it used to. And I, I don't, <laughs> not necessarily because you know I follow that that uh, that age group. But you know, these top athletes now are just so much fitter than uh, they, they were. I mean, they've they've always been uh, fit, but um, you know, just uh, you know, athletes, no matter what sport. I mean, it's it, you know, nutrition and fitness and everything's just a, a science now. And uh, Fernando is uh, still a very quick, a very competitive, very uh, exciting and fast driver to watch. But that's that's not for me the issue for him coming back to to Formula One. I mean, we all know that the guy can drive, but he did burn bridges to a certain extent in, in Formula One during his time uh, time there. And I mean the, the 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 connection to McLaren that would be the obvious one. Would they uh, be uh, willing to bring him back? And if so, at the expense of who? Because I mean they're going with uh, Lando Norris and uh, and Carlos Sainz again for for 2020. And I mean that was a decent partnership uh, this year. I mean they they came fourth in the world championship, and even though they weren't there, uh, you know, fighting for podiums and race wins or anything, I, th- I think it was a very very positive season for them. And if they continue to to build on those strengths uh, for next year, do you really? Want 
want to upset the the apple cart. I mean, I'm not suggesting that uh, that Fernando uh, would be uh, you know you know uh, you know stir things up and be a, a troublemaker. I mean, you know, uh, far far from it. I mean, he had a very good uh, relationship, at least on the outside, uh, that uh, uh, with McLaren in those four years there. But, anyways, would would that be the? I mean, to me, that seems like the one opportunity or one place that uh, that makes sense. I mean, could we see him go to uh, Mercedes if there was an opening there or Ferrari again? I don't know. That seems like a bit of a a bit of a stretch, but that uh, that will be another one to watch in the silly season. Um, anyways, uh, he did tell Sky Sports, quote, I'm doing Dakar in January, which is a big challenge, and next year hopefully Indy is in the plan again, and I'll try and do a little bit better than this year. We'll keep it open in the future, maybe Formula One in 2021, maybe Hypercar in the WEC. I think in 2021, the reason uh, why I keep open the possibilities, maybe things mix up with the new rules. So let's see if an opportunity comes. Now, Max Verstappen was uh, quite uh, receptive uh, to the idea of uh, Fernando Alonso coming back to, to Formula One. But uh, he said that uh, uh, Fernando coming back to uh, Formula One without a competitive car would be quote a waste of time, and 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 I large I I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, w- when you get to that sort of age, and you probably only have like a very small window to try and come back and and do something uh, in Formula One. I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, if somebody was to take him on, would, would they go for a year contract or two year contract? It'd be a, it, you'd have to expect to be a short term kind of thing rather than say a medium or or, or long term uh, contract. But um, Max did say he would absolutely welcome back Alonso, but uh, he and he did go on to say that uh, Fernando should only come back in the right circumstances. The right circumstances would be uh, obviously getting into the right team with the right car. But Max did have to say, "quote He is a great driver. It would be good to see him uh, if he could come back, but only in a competitive car. Otherwise, I think it's just a waste of time for him. But I think he knows that uh, himself. So <laughs> that uh, the Max telling it like uh, like it is. But um, it was interesting too. Uh, Lewis Hamilton um, had uh, had this." to say, quote, Fernando's obviously a well-accomplished driver. It's interesting to see the uh, in the past uh, with drivers wanting to come back, like Michael Schumacher, and it's something you've done you know, your whole life. I haven't spoken to Fernando, so I don't know how he's feeling or how much he's missed it, but I don't think it would be bad for the sport. Ultimately, there's lots of young kids on their way up, and there's only 20 seats, so he also has his period of time there. But there's no good youngsters coming up uh, then, then there's definitely space. Some of that currently here are uh, could probably be replaced, so I would uh, welcome it. So, <laughs> kind of makes you wonder, like read between the lines a little bit. Uh, who's Lewis hinting at shouldn't be in Formula One, and uh, they could give up their seat uh, to Lewis Hamilton. I'm sure we all have our own uh, little list of uh, of drivers uh, that should be there. But <laughs> I found that a bit of a a humorous uh, comment uh, by uh, by by Lewis Hamilton. All right, uh, let's uh, just uh, look ahead to uh, some of the uh, the future things, uh, the business side of Formula One for 2020 and uh, beyond. And uh, F1 CEO Chase Carey said, uh, no decision has been made yet on the first, uh, the, the, the future of commercial boss, uh, Sean Bratches. And uh, he said that he will discuss uh, options uh, for uh, Sean uh, between the two of them. Uh, now that the season is over, so Bratches, uh, he 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 took on the job as one of Carey's uh, uh, you know right hand men uh, when they they took over uh, the, the sport back in uh, 2016 along with uh, Ross Braun. So Bratches more of the business side, uh, Ross uh, more of the, uh, the the technical the sporting side of, uh, of Formula One. I think that's his uh, title, sporting director, motorsport director, something something like that. Um, anyways. Uh, 
He said he's uh, there. There are some, some issues about uh, the amount of traveling that he's doing because his family's in the USA and he's working in London, or mostly working out of London, and uh, goes and attends most of the uh, the, the Grand Prix around the world uh, in uh, in person. So that's uh, you know, that's uh, quite a lot uh, that he's going on. So Kerry uh, had to say, "quote In terms of Sean, I'm discussing. We're engaged. No decision has been made. Obviously, Sean he lives a unique uh, life where he's got family that lives in the United States and he lives in London. I think he truly enjoys." what he's done he's enjoyed the experience i think he's excited about the future excited about where we're going right now we don't get a chance to breathe so when we get uh, this past week and we get back to london we'll have a, sh- a short talk about where do we go from here but we haven't made any decisions so we'll uh, we'll see about that but also carrie said that uh just regarding his own uh, plans for the future he has no uh, immediate plans to step down even though there's still you know continued uh, rumors and talks about uh, total wolf uh, being a, a potential replacement uh, for for carry in the long term and uh, that uh, that uh, has been around uh, in the news circulating for uh, well a good several months uh, at this point time i mean uh, i mean toto knows formula 1 he knows how to get the job done uh, on the uh, on the racing side of it and uh, whether or not he could take uh, you know his experience and uh, what what he brings as a you know a businessman a formula 1 guy and uh, all his uh, personal talents uh, that uh, that remains to be seen whether or not he, he wants that anyways uh, just uh, mercedes they are going to be the uh, setting a record next year because it's record breaking formula 1 uh, season uh, this past year means we'll be paying the highest ever FAA entry fee for for 2020 despite scoring fewer points uh, than in 2016 when they also had a, a very good year. I mean, <laughs> when did they not have a very, very good year? Uh, they scored 739 points uh, this year, which was better than uh, all of uh, the other um, uh, seasons that they won championships in 2014, except in uh, 2016 when they actually scored 765 uh, points. So, I mean, it's, it's a small amount, uh, but it is, uh, it's uh, a little bit uh, different. So they've got a basic entry fee, the FAA, that is, uh, for all teams that's uh, $556,000 plus uh, $6,677 per point scored in the 29 uh, season. So that means that uh, Mercedes will pay, be paying $4.9 million for their 739 uh, point haul this year, which is just under the 200000 more than its uh, 200, or 2016 and uh, it's over $600,000 more than 2019. I mean, again, $4.9 million is uh, really a, a a drop in the, the the hat for Mercedes, but uh, kind of interesting. So Ferrari will pay two point eight million uh, next year, and uh, their total fee will be uh, three point three. And then, um, well, interesting. I mean, uh, you just kind of go through and look at the the, the list. So the the points based fee for Mercedes uh, four point nine million. So the total entry for them is uh, just a shade under five point five. Uh, Ferrari two point eight, and the total entry three fee is uh, three point four. Uh, Red Bull, uh, their point-based fee is 2.3 million. Total fee is 2.8. You go right down to the bottom of the list. So uh, Williams with their one point, their point-based fee is five thousand five hundred sixty-three dollars, and their total entry fee is five hundred sixty-two thousand seventy-two dollars. So 
<laughs> just uh, not a lot but uh again uh, that's probably a good thing they could uh, use the money that they save and uh, hopefully uh, you know invest it and spend it uh, in, in hopefully it was going to be a better car uh for for next year and uh, again uh, just uh, for for 2020 we're coming back to a checkered a physical checkered flag that will end races again in in 2020 rather than uh, an electric uh, panel so that's been a bit of a you know, a, a bit of a an experiment. I wouldn't say completely gone wrong, but I guess the the, the one uh, highlight of that was the the, the the Canadian Grand Prix in 2018 when uh, celebrity guest uh, Winnie Harlow uh, waved the, uh, the the checkered flag early by mistake, and then so you know there there was they made some uh, <clears throat> uh, made some decisions about that, and then uh, at the Japanese Grand Prix this year, a system error meant the uh, led to the electronic uh, race. Uh, de- being declared a, a lap early so it, it hasn't been uh you know a, a foolproof uh, kind of thing i mean the, the the incident with winnie harlow in, in canada i mean she was just told to wave the flag uh, a, a lap early i think you can can't really uh, blame her for that but uh why not i mean uh it uh let, let's let's just use it i, I mean w- what is the real difference between having the uh, the the electronic uh, signboard and the and the checkered flag the physical one i mean if anything it's a part of the character of uh, of motor racing and formula one and you know, just because the technology's there, uh, you know, I think most guys, most uh, you know, drivers of the cockpit know when the end of the race is going to be, and uh, let, let's do it with a little bit of style. Anyways, uh, for 2020, the FIA has also approved an extra MGUK for the uh, for the season, and um, so that that would help uh, a little bit. Uh, so the the MGUK was uh, introduced uh, as part of the, uh, the the V6 turbo hybrid engines back in uh, in 2014, and uh, the you know since uh, or for the uh, for the 19 race uh, seasons, uh, each driver is permitted to use five of every element. So the uh, internal combustion engine, the uh, turbocharger, the MGUH, which is uh, the heat, and then the the kinetic, which is the MHU, sorry, the MGHK energy-based motor generator units in the control electronics and energy store. So uh, now we've got a 21 race scheduled this year, going to 22 for next year. So they've uh, decided to uh, limit uh, uh, the, uh, uh, or increase the limit to three for 2020. So, uh, you know, there's, um, you know, there there are a number of different things. I mean, you got the, uh, like I say, the MGU-K, the MGU-H, and all these different parts that uh, go into it. So, you know, I think uh, if they're going to have more races, then uh, I know that they have all these uh, different uh, policies in place, and they're they're meant to be cost saving and, and and all those sorts of good things. But if you're putting more demand and stress on uh, on on cars and drivers and teams and everything, then it's only fair that uh, if you're doing all these extra races and all these extra miles, that uh, that uh, then an increase in the amount of components that are available, I think that's a, a fair trade off. Anyways, uh, just to, to, to round it off, uh, let's just uh, go over uh, who's going to be in Formula One uh, next year. The the list is uh, set, so I mean it has been for for a little while. But uh, let let's just uh, tease ourselves. Excuse me a little bit. So uh, Mercedes staying the same for next year with Lewis Hamilton and, uh, and Valtteri Bottas. Uh, Ferrari staying the same with uh, Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Red Bull is going to be the same with uh, Max Verstappen and Alex Albon, who uh, started or joined the team halfway through the season, re- replacing uh, Pierre Gasly. 
Uh, Red Bull is, uh, sorry, uh, McLaren now will be Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, so no change there. Uh, next year, the one change we're going to see is going to be a Renault. Danny Ricardo staying for a second season, and then Esteban Ocon uh, joining uh, for his first uh, season, so a French driver in a French car. And then now the, the confusing one that's going to take me a little while to remember, Scuderia Toro Rosso, which will be renamed next year to Scuderia Alpha Tauri Honda, will be uh, stay the same with uh, Pierre Gasly and uh, Danny Kivia, which I actually think is a good lineup. I think that, uh, that, uh, that that's a good place uh, for both of those drivers. And then staying with uh, What's the Point Racing, Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll, no surprise there. And uh, Alfa Romeo, no changes there with Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi. And then uh, Haas, again, this is a bit of a head-scratcher. Uh, uh, Kevin Magnussen and uh, Roman Grosjean. And why Roman Grosjean still manages to, to keep a seat in Formula 1 is uh, beyond me. And then the only other team making a change uh, for next year is Williams. Uh, joining George Russell will be uh, another Canadian. So we're going to have two drivers, uh, two Canadian drivers in Formula 1 next year with Lance Stroll and uh, Nicholas uh, Latifi. And Latifi will be uh, driving the second Williams next year. So there you go. Anyways, that's a, a good place uh, to wrap up the show this week. Thank you very much for downloading and listening to it. And uh, again, if you uh, enjoy the show and you want to help us and, uh, and lend us a little bit of support, uh, best and easiest way to do that is go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you download and listen to, to the show and leave a five-star rating review or share it with a friend. All of those are great and it's uh, all very much appreciated uh, by us here at uh, the Scuderia F1 team. Anyways, like I say, that's a wrap for this week. Thanks for getting in touch. Um, you know, if you want to send me a message, if you've got any uh, quotes, comments, tips, uh, feedback, whatever you want, or you just want to say hi, easiest way is on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod. Or if uh, you've got uh, something uh, longer to say, you can also email me at scuderiaf one pod at gmail.com. Anyways, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.